0: This is The Road Less Traveled, presented by Nikki Shea. G'day, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Road Less Travel podcast. Nikki Shea back in the driver's seat. Welcome to the podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome aboard. And if you are a seasoned traveller, a seasoned listener, welcome back to the show. Great to have you company. If you want to interact with me at any time, simply send an email, which is fatcat at iinet.net.au. And that's fatcat with a ph. So P-H-A-T-C-A-T at iinet.net.au. Find out more about what we're doing with our website, fatcatmedia.com.au. And as always, you can get in contact with me via mobile on 042 you can listen to us via Apple. You can also jump onto Spotify, Google Podcasts 2, and iHeartRadio. You can also find out what we're up to with social media via Facebook and also Instagram. Instagram, you just simply search for the Roadless Travel Podcast 2021 and check out our Facebook page, which is the Roadless Travel Podcast. You'll find out a little bit more of some upcoming events that we've got planned, <coughs> excuse me, in the future, as well as some little articles and stories that we put up a Along the way, so uh, make sure you jump on and check out our Facebook page. As I said, if you've joined us before, welcome along. If you're new to the podcast, well, The Road Less Travelled is an Australian podcast which pretty much documents and captures the Australian spirit of travel, discovery, ad- adventure, and history. Where I guess together you and I will experience adventures of all around Australia and there's always a story evolved in each week when we're out caravanning, fall driving, fishing, camping, goal detecting, cooking and exploring places, history, people and visiting destinations all rolled into each episode. For us, the Road This Podcast, totally self funded, independent podcast, we'd love your support. And if you've got something that you think that we should feature, review, discover, or explore, simply drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. On to this week's show. So we've headed out of the suburbs, heading north out of Melbourne, and we've found ourselves at Albury-Wodonga, which is a place which is pretty much easily accessible by road, rail or air. It's positioned in the middle of the Melbourne-Sydney-Canberra Triangle. It's even got uh, its own airport at Albury too. And uh, just from the Albury City Centre, they've got a massive railway precinct which sort of acts as the city's transport hub. New South Wales Train Link and V-Line have a number of daily services that connects Albury Wodonga with Melbourne and Sydney it's located within the Sydney Melbourne Canberra triangle as I said and it's an easy drive from major capital cities along the M31 Hume motorway for those outside of the capital cities the Riverina Olympic and Murray Valley highways all lead to Albury Wodonga now Albury Wodonga famous for the largest town in the Murray uh, there's a world-class art gallery here, fun on the river, of course, the Murray River, and heaps of great restaurants, and a great place just to lay back and relax. It's on the historic banks of the Murray River. The charming twin towns of Albury and Wodonga offers a real delicious food scene, uh, endless outdoor adventures, and a really thriving arts culture. With the Snowy Mountains and the Rutherglen wine region nearby, this area really makes for a great stopover on the Melbourne Sydney Drive, or a great place to actually base yourself for if you like to spend a a little bit more time here. The Murray River, of course, is a natural playground where you can go swimming, kayaking, paddleboarding and cycling along the New Rail Park. You can explore the beauty of the river by hiring canoes from canoe, canoe the Murray or by joining a guided tour. And the kids too, they'll love the Oddies Creek Adventure play space with its 30 metre flying fox. Now you can cycle or walk the Scenic Trail, which is a six kilometre journey along the river that captures the Wongo wetlands, which is a watchers. Paradise and the Yindamara Sculpture Park which tells the story of the local Aboriginal history and also the cultural significance of the Murray River and you can also fish and boat on Lake Hume which is nearby. Now as I said arts and culture is massive in this area and the Murray Arts Museum Albury is one of the best regional galleries in Australia. Here you'll find contemporary art and important indes- in Indigenous works and another great local arts experience is watching the Flying Fruit Fly Circus perform and take circus classes. You can visit the beautiful Albury Botanical Gardens for wild colour and I mean wild colour and garden and flower shows at Garden, Scu- uh, garden Escu is, uh, in October. That's something you can put on the list too. As I mentioned, most of these places have great um, food sort of food scenes and you can enjoy lunch brunch or dinner at cafe dalcini where you'll find uh, indian fusion dishes from breakfast potato paratha and bacon to butter chicken schnitzel and for delicious local dining we recommend you visit the funky 2640 restaurant and bar and bistro cell which is a european style restaurant that showcases only local produce or you can also be funky too and dine by the water at the river deck now the Kiwa Street Market has fresh produce, local craft and wares. It's held every Sunday and you can explore the local events for more markets, shows, festivals and exhibitions including right around the Murray which is in September. For more information I really re- recommend that you uh, jump on to com uh, and find out more or you can actually jump on to the Aubrey Wodonga Visitor Centre website too. Albury Wodonga, 5 hours 30 minutes drive southwest of Sydney and about 3.5 hours north northeast of melbourne as i mentioned you can fly into the busy albury uh, airport hire a car to explore the region and uh, the trip from uh, by rail from sydney uh, takes around seven and a half hours plenty of accommodation options including hotels apartments BBs, holiday parks and caravan parks as well so jump onto the website which is visitnewsouthwales.com, and find out more about this great place of albury wodonga so for us, we headed north out of Aubrey and we had Lake Hume to our right heading up the Hume Highway through Tabletop, I think it's called uh, Gerogery, we headed through there, G-E-R-O-G-E-Y, we couldn't pronounce the name but it sounded good to us, up through Col and uh, it's a pretty straight run, narrow ro- roads as well, through Henty, uh, through Yerrong Creek, further north up through the rock, uh, Uriquinity and then we landed in at Wagga Wagga and Wagga Wagga was going to be our destination stop for a couple of nights of rest and recovery. It is a fantastic place to base yourself to. It's a vibrant regional centre which is on the banks of the mighty massive Murrumbinji River in the heart of the Riverina area. They have four distinct seasons so there's always something new to explore. You can also discover the delicious food and wine scene here, wonderful galleries, there's tranquil riverbank walks, gorgeous gardens and parks and fascinating heritage at Wagga Wagga. You can enjoy a swim at Wagga Beach. They have uh, built their own beach on the banks of the Murrumbinji and you can sit there and have picnics and the kids can swim, you know, relatively safely in that particular area. So why do you want to cook in the tent or the caravan when you can go out and visit the vibrant Fitzmorris Street? where laneway art can be found at the back of the trendy cafes and eateries. And if you're hungry, well, you can certainly enjoy a barista-made coffee and fresh seasonal fare at stylish eateries like the Fitzmorris Cafe, Uniki Lounge, or Wagga Wagga's own brew pub, which is the Thirsty Crow Brewing Company. You can also go behind the scenes and see where the region's food and fibre comes from and visit cellar doors at boutique vineyards such as the Borambola Wines, the Boutique Wines by CSU, and Cottontails Winery. And you can also pluck strawberries straight from the plant at Bidgey Strawberries and Cream and then sample locally grown olives at Wandry Grove Olives. So plenty of things to do. Thinking, speaking of things to do, the whole family will enjoy the botanical gardens there, which is spread over 22 acres. There you'll find playgrounds, a free zoo and an aviary and the miniature railway, which runs on the first and third Sunday of the month. As I mentioned earlier, you can have a swim or picnic at Riverside Walker Beach, which was voted the ninth best beach in Australia back in 2020, or explore nature on two feet or two wheels on the bike trails of the Wirijunni Trail, which is a 42 kilometre loop around the city. And that takes in attractions such as the wetlands, which is a huge reserve teeming with flora and fauna, or simply enjoy city views from river level or high up on top of the reserve there. And at Ashcolmi Textiles, you can meet the alpacas browse the hand-woven wares or learn to make your own. You can learn too about the area's indigenous heritage with the Bunyura Cultural Tours where they have a guide which will share stories thousands of years in the making. Also make sure when you are in Wagga Wagga spend some time discovering the rest of the region on a scenic drive where you can take in beautiful scenery, history, wildlife and more. You can visit towns and villages serving up locally made delights like the Coolamon Cheese, Juni Licorice and Chocolate Factory and the Tumit River Brewing Company company and there's plenty of festivals and events there are events markets and festivals happening all year round in Wagga Wagga don't miss the Wagga Wagga Mardi Gras Street Parade and Celebrations in March there's the Lost Lanes Winter Festival and the Wagga Comedy Festival in June Spring Jam Family Festival in September and the Gears and Beers Cycling and Craft Beer Festival in October Fat Cat Media has over 25 years within motorsport media and marketing at Cat Media has the proven knowledge and expertise to help your next event. We have a variety of services available. They are including West MX Coaching and Development Schools, where we conduct schools and clinics across various metropolitan and country clubs throughout Australia. We cater our motocross coaching from beginners right through to intermediate junior riders. The coaching clinics are solely created and catered and also designed for smaller numbers to effectively support each rider and hone in on their particular requirements. Whilst our schools are designed for 2 days right through to 5 day camps with multiple Motorcycling Australia accredited coaches giving individual coaching, drills, training, development and feedback throughout the duration. Our prices for coaching start at $150. With consultancy and advice, Fatcat Media creates and caters for a variety of platforms whether it be as a racer or for those within the motorcycle and motorsport industry. Have you considered the future? It is important to focus on what's ahead, well is it? Absolutely yes. How do you expect to move forward if you have no benchmark, no goals, no achievements and no strategic plan and direction on how to achieve your goals in the industry? It's mind-bogglingly crazy how folks will fork out thousands of dollars on motocross bikes, equipment and gear, yet have no clear plan on how to execute, execute their racing year. Prices start at $130. Be inspired with our seminars and motivational speaking. We really enjoy and receive a lot of satisfaction and overwhelming feedback in conducting seminars. This involves giving motivational speeches and inspiring people to challenge themselves and become better at what they want to become better at. Relying on years in the media plus a life-changing health issue, Nikki will challenge and transform her audiences. If you truly and honestly want to help someone reach their true potential, stop answering all their questions and solving all their problems prices start at $130. With over 15 years commentating throughout Western Australia and Australian motocross and motorsports, Fat Cat Media prides itself on providing sound industry knowledge plus versatile media experiences and our commentators can interpret what's happening on and off the track with reliable information obtained from within the industry, when it happens and as it happens. Fat Media's trackside commentators have the ability to develop a perspective on the subject through research, experience, interviews and of course by attending events. Prices start at $150. Do you have a race resume? Step 1 of obtaining sponsorship is a race resume and writer biography. Take advantage of our professional writing and massive mailing list of media outlets and sporting companies. You can complement this with professional photography, video or audio clips to send out to potential sponsors or partners. Whilst we do not go out and obtain sponsorship for you, a race resume is the first step for you to build relationships and foster ongoing partnerships with potential sponsors. Prices start at $150. For further information, head to fatcatmedia.com.au or drop us an email fatcat@iinet.net.au. Now, Wagga is just under five hours' drive from both Sydney and Melbourne and around three hours from Canberra. And you can also catch the train direct from Sydney and the journey takes you about six hours. Or you can fly into Wagga Wagga Airport and hire a car. This place is a great base for exploring the Riverina and there are plenty of places to stay. You can choose from motels, service departments, boutique hotels, B&Bs, luxury farm stays and holiday parks. And there are also dog-friendly holiday parks there as well. So as I mentioned, that Wagga Wagga for us was a couple of days r and Uh, So no matter which direction you head in, you'll certainly uncover a new town full of friendly locals, unique shops, fresh produce and photographic scenery too. Wagga Wagga, as I mentioned, it's the perfect launch pad for a quick road trip around the region. You can head north and feast on cheese and chocolate, or head south and visit the breathtaking natural beauty of the rock and the sweeping plains. A trip east will take you to the iconic dog on the Tucker Box at Gundagai, or into the picturesque mountains. While at westward bound, you'll find your visiting vibrant country towns, koala spotting, and more. So, north, well, Coolamon, you head north out of um, Wagga Wagga and you wander through Coolamon's heritage main street and explore boutique shops. There's quirky cafes and museum just a half an hour's drive from Wagga Wagga. And when it's time for lunch, be sure to job, stop in rather for a cheese platter or something bigger from the Coolamon Cheese Factory. Thoroughly recommend. It's an eighty kilometre drive, one hour via the Coolamon Road, and a return trip from Wagga Wagga. You're listening to the Road Less Traveled podcast. With Nikki Shay. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shay, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travelled podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. You're listening to the Road Less Travelled podcast with me, Nikki Shea. Now, we went to a railway destination, (coughs) excuse me, of Junie. Junie's region's colourful countryside. You can discover regional and railway heritage and whether you're a true believer or just curious of Australia's most famous haunted house, the legendary Monte Cristo homestead. This place attracts people from all across the world and we were We actually visited there. I'll talk to that in just a moment. You can soak up on the sweet trips of the Juni Licorice and Chocolate Factory and stop off at the Bathagra Rail Spiral, which is one of only two 360-degree rail spirals of its kind in Australia. It's about 84 k's or an hour via the Olympic Highway, and you can do that in a return trip from Wagga Wagga. Let's talk now about the Monte Monte Cross. Monte Carlo the Monte Cristo homestead now at first sight the story about this house the Monte Cristo homestead is one of success good fortune and happy people but looks can certainly be deceiving behind the closed doors things happen that you could not bear to witness during daylight and no wonder that the Monte Cristo homestead has the reputation to be Australia's most haunted house it is super creepy but a lovely old homestead but super creepy so Christopher William Crawley, eighteen forty one to nineteen ten, was a farmer who bought two parcels of land in the town Juni to build his family home. The first few years were a struggle for the Crawleys. They lived in a slab hut and Christopher had trouble feeding his family. But his fortunes changed in eighteen seventy eight when the Great Southern Railway Line opened. He scraped all the money together he could find and bought a licence to build the railway hotel right opposite the soon-to-be-open railway station. It was a smart move indeed. The village of Juni only consisted of Crawley's Hotel, the adjoining railway store and some scattered slab huts. The entire village benefited enormously of the travellers and the agricultural trade and as such Crawley became extremely rich and at some point he even became one of the town's founders. He was much loved for he was a very generous man too with a big sense of civic responsibility. And this all sounds as if the Crawleys were amazing people. So why is the place haunted the way it is? Let's take a closer, closer look at that shall we? Well... Prior to the construction of the new homestead in 1885, the family, which was a father, mother and seven children, they lived in a small brick cottage. The original slab hut was demolished and turned into a big stable for his prized horses. The small brick cottage, also referred to as the original homestead, still exists today. And that house was turned into the servants' quarters. The new home, a two-storey house built in the late Victorian style, became an ultimate status symbol. And because it was built on a hill, it was overlooking the entire town. Now, Christopher Crawley died in his own homestead on December 14, 1910 from a combination of heart failure and blood poisoning. The latter was caused by a carbuncle on his neck. It got infected from rubbing against his starched collar and his wife, Elizabeth Crawley, couldn't cope with her husband's death. She locked herself inside the house and spent most of her time up in the attic where she had built a small chapel. In her remaining 23 years, she only left her house, they say, twice. She died at the house at the age of 92 on August twelfth, nineteen thirty due to a ruptured appendix Now, the last member of the Crawley family left the house in 1948 and the house would have remained emptied for more than a decade There were several caretakers at the house trying to keep an eye on things but unfortunately they couldn't prevent the place from being vandalised All the original furnishings were taken out of the house and sold and the house remained in its poor state until the Monte Cristo homestead was bought by Reginald and Olive Ryan in 1963 now the Ryan family, they restored the homestead back to what was its original state. They turned it into a museum for tours, including a doll museum, Ooh, dolls. and they have an antique store in it as well. Reg died in, 19, in 2014, rather, but his wife, Olive, still stands strong. When the Ryans moved into the homestead, they immediately noticed something strange was going on. Now when they went up to the house with their belongings including their cat and dog they noticed that the animals didn't want to go into the house in fact they both ran away from it and later when they had an evening out they noticed that all the lights were on when they approached the house but all the lights were off when they opened the front door now they say the homestead is haunted by at least 10 ghosts some of them more prominent than others And one thing is for sure, the previous owners hated animals and they hate them in the afterlife as well. When the Ryans came home one night, they found all their chickens strangled to death in their poultry run. Also, their parrot was choked to death in its cage and a litter of kittens raised in their breakfast room were all brutally killed. The ghost of the Crawley family, it's said, that Christopher Crawley's ghost now haunts the room in which he died. His spirit is as kind as ever. His wife, on the other hand, hasn't changed much after that. She still rules the house with an iron fist, and judging by everyone who dares to enter her house, if she doesn't like you, she'll try and scare you out with an ice-cold air falling on your skin feeling. There's also the ghost of two maids. Christopher Crawley is said to have gotten two of his maids pregnant. One of them committed suicide by jumping to her death from the balcony. She was pregnant when she did it. She hit the stairs and was instantly killed, and apparently her ghost still haunts the veranda. A ghostly bloodstain marks the spot where she met her end. The second pregnant maid gave birth to a son. She named him Harold, and when Harold was a young boy, he was involved in a terrible accident on the premises. He was hit by a coach. The child survived the accident but sustained head trauma which disabled him from life and the poor boy was kept on chains in the coach room, so they say. And local children would apparently mock him because he would scream all day. They called him a monster and the children of Junie challenged each other to find and pester him. Now he was eventually put away in an asylum after he was found by the authorities chained to his mother's bed. She had passed away for a while and he died in the asylum but still apparently haunts the grounds of the homestead and he makes his presence known by the sound of chains. Now, that doesn't get you excited about going to uh, Monte Cristo, the coach house that is haunted by a young stable boy named Morris. He didn't feel well one day and decided to stay in bed at the coach house. His master didn't approve of the fact that the boy slept in, so he decided to teach him a lesson. He put the boy's straw mattress on fire thinking he'd jump up and get to work. But Morris was too ill and he couldn't get up. He died in his bed and people apparently still hear his screams up till today. Crawley's infant granddaughter Ethel. She died in 1917 because the nursemaid dropped her on the stairs. She claimed she was pushed by an unseen force but she wasn't believed. Today, children who visit the museum become irritable and upset when they enter the stairs and some guests say that they feel as though they are being pushed on their backs. Some claim to feel an icy cold tiny hand slip into theirs when they go into the upstairs room now a more recent ghost is that of jack simpson he was one of the home caretakers and at some point he was shot to death in 1960 on the porch in front of the house by a young man this man apparently had been watching alfred hitchcock's movie psycho three times before committing his crime and the words die jack haha ha, were carved into the shed door where they can still and i can attest to that they can still be seen there today There are other ghostly happenings at Monte Cristo, lights still come on and off, guests experience the feeling of nausea, overwhelming sadness and some people even faint during tours. There are disembodied whispers and unexplained mist at the house and orbs are seen all over and there's some poltergeist activity there as well. Now the house has been featured on several paranormal television shows. It's been featured in Scream Test, the Ghost Hunters International and you can visit the Monte Cristo Homestead on Friday and Monday from 10 to 4. Every Saturday evening for six from 6pm 6 there's a ghost tour and if you're brave la- enough like us you can even spend the night there. But you just, well, I've got to say, would you dare to spend a night at this beautiful historic home? If you want to know know more, you can jump on to uh, their website and find out whether or not you've got the um, intestinal fortitude to stay at the Monte Cristo Homestead. For more information, jump on to the website, which is www.montecristo.com.au. You're listening to the Road Less Travelled Podcast with me, Nikki Shea. So from June, you can head north up through Sebastopol to Tamora. And one of my favourite places to visit is Tamora in New South Wales. And that reason is because it has a massive... Tamora Aviation Museum. You will be treated to three museums and immaculate preserved historical buildings in a beautiful natural landscape. A must see and I must recommend you see is the Tamora Aviation Museum, which is home to arguably the world's finest collection of flying, they still fly, war, warbird aircraft. You can also go beyond uh, to the nearby village of Arya Park to exper- explore, rather, heritage-wide verandas, quirky petrol Bowsers, and the beautiful country pub, the Arya Park Hotel. It's about 176 k's, two hours drive via the Olympic Highway and the Goldfields Way. That's a return trip from Wagga Wagga. So tomorrow, let's talk more about that because I had an absolute blast there. If you haven't been, make sure you, you do put that on your bucket list, especially if you're an aviation fan. Um, tomorrow is just, it's a nice place to visit as well um, not just for the Aviation Museum. It's got a ri- really rich gold rush history to pioneer villages and fighter jets. The heritage town of Tamora has plenty to offer. Par- it forms part of the Canola Trail in the heart of the beautiful Riverina region, and it's, as I mentioned, home to one of the finest collections of flying vintage warplanes in the world. Well, what can we say about tomorrow? You can pick up a brochure from the Tomorrow Visitors Information Centre where you can also take a self guided tour of the heritage buildings from colonial to art deco. You can continue on to picturesque Lake Centenary, which is a 7k round trip. This place, the lake, is perfect for water skiing, fishing, and swimming. It's also home to the V8 Superboat Championships and regular boat racing events. You can also discover what life was like for pioneers and see the original that is original family home of the cricket legend sir donald bradman at the bundawara center this cultural precinct is packed full of regionally and nationally significant collections including a working display of ambulances spanning almost two centuries another gem to it tomorrow is the railway it's a heritage railway precinct the railway station was first established in 1893 it now houses railway history and memorabilia a walking trail winds through the railway yard past a bronze statue of Buffhead, which is a fox terrier that rode the state's train network in the 1960s. Tamora's about four and a half hours drive from Sydney, five and a half hours from Melbourne, and two and a half hours from Canberra. You can also fly into Wagga Wagga and, of course, hire a car and head up to plenty of accommodation options at Tamora, including they must, I'll talk to you a little bit more about accommodation options because you can actually stay at the Aviation Museum. I'm a fan of aviation history and I'm a fan of military history and the Tamora Aviation Museum showcases one of the world's finest collections of flying historic aircraft. It was established in 1999 and the museum houses the RAAF 100 Squadron Tamora Flight Collection, which includes two of the three flying Spitfires in Australia, as well as the only flying Gloucester Meteor F-8, a boomerang and Hudson bomber in the world, the only Canberra bomber and the oldest flying tiger moth in Australia. Now the museum also features air-conditioned display buildings and hangars, allowing a real close-up inspection of the aircraft. There's also unsung hero stories, a mezzanine level where you can actually stop and overlook what's happening in the engineering hangar. There's landscape gardens, picnic areas, and aviation themed children's playground, and also a theatre. Now the museum holds an Aircraft showcase throughout the year where the aircraft take to the sky accompanied by commentary and music. You need to visit the website for aircraft show dates. The museum also holds Warbirds Down Under, which is a a really large biennial air show which displays Warbird aircraft from all over the country. Now, because of current health advice on social distancing and um, information regarding opening times and services, make sure that you jump onto their website and find out. <music> and like every, every event, every town, every city, every regional town, COVID hit tomorrow and it hit hard with the warbirds down under air show. However, it is back on Saturday the 15th of October 2022 to Sunday the 16th of October. It's the largest dedicated warbirds air show in the southern hemisphere and it will once again take flight over tomorrow. ...on those two days in October. The two-day event jam-packed with action in the air and on the ground... ...making for a great weekend for your entire family. So here's a guide to everything that you need to know. This biennial event brings together the largest gathering of warbirds... ...for a two-day celebration of Australian aviation history. Now event visitors will get an unforgettable up-close... ...and personal experience of Australian aviation history their people and their aircraft. So together with your friends and your family, they invite you to share the exhilaration of these amazing aircraft, connect with the experiences through personal stories and celebrate the country's history. Warbirds Down Under is one of the Riverina's largest events with around 22,000 visitors supporting the region. You're also invited to enjoy the Canola Trail and all the region has to offer with lots of accommodation options. If you want to find out more, uh, you can email them, info, uh, au, or find them on their website, which is warbirdsdownunderairshow.com.au. And I can thoroughly recommend the Tamora Aviation Museum. And as I mentioned earlier regarding accommodation through Tamora in that particular area, Sky Lodge accommodation is the Tamora Aviation Museum's exclusive accommodation. It offers queen and family room accommodation for all aviation enthusiasts seeking the absolute Tomorrow Aviation Museum experience by staying at the only accommodation available on site. Everything the tomorrow Aviation Museum has to offer is just footsteps from your door. It's literally right next door. Check out the Sky Lodge accommodation website for more details or to book online. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Road Less Traveled podcast. We're going to leave you this week, well we won't actually physically leave you there, but we will take a pause as we take our journey from tomorrow and take it further up towards Cowra. I want to talk to you about the Cowra era area rather and then on to Bathurst in New South Wales so we're right in the I guess we're right in the heart of New South Wales and uh, I really thoroughly recommend that you start putting your pen to paper get yourself a travel list together of places and destinations that you want to capture visit and explore on your next adventure out there because uh, you only get one chance at this life make sure that you make it count and my bucket list is filling up fast I can certainly guarantee you that make sure wherever you are out there on the road less traveled that you take plenty of photos upload them give us the hashtag the road less travel podcast and share us on share them rather on our facebook page with us too don't forget you can jump on to our website fatcatmedia.com.au and if you want to get in touch you can just drop me an sms or give me a phone call 042 752 8467 hope that you've enjoyed this adventure from albury wodonga uh, just on the border of Victoria, New South Wales, up to Wagga Wagga, then the little destinations in between up to tomorrow. And we'll continue our little travels through New South Wales on next week's edition of the Roadless Travel Podcast. My name's Nikki Shea. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to the Roadless Travel Podcast, and I hope to catch you out there very soon, somewhere out there on the road. Again, thanks for listening. Take care. Talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. The Road Less Travelled is presented by Nikki Shea and produced by Fat Cat Media.